Anybody got a praise on their heart? Anybody want to shout with a voice of triumph? Give God one more praise. He's good. Hallelujah. Let's do it this way tonight. Don't clap your hands, all ye people. And shout unto the Lord with the voice of triumph. We're not going back. We're going forward. We're not shutting up. We're not sitting down. We're not backing up. But it's all the way. We're going forward on a Tuesday night. Well, how can I forget? Oh, clap your hands and give God praise. I mean, really clap your hands and give God praise. God, we are blessed tonight on a Tuesday to be in the house of the Lord. If you agree, won't you shout amen? amen? Hallelujah, hallelujah. There's no better place I'd rather be, even when there's supposed to be a hurricane. <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah. Want to recognize and give my honor this evening to Pastor Parker. It's a pleasure meeting you before service. May the Lord bless you. And the work that you're doing, and also Brother Nixon Dowdy, pleasure to meet you this evening as well, preaching up all the south of Florida, setting us on fire. I thought I felt a flame in the house, and here he came walking in. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Amen. We are going tonight to take a different approach, but I do feel the hand of the Lord seeking after him today. Want to go to the book of Jeremiah, the 18th chapter. And while you are turning there, I want to give honor to my pastor and to his wife. Although they are not here, do not travel uh, with us, but they keep us constantly in their prayers and reach out to me very often. Talked to them already twice this week. I love. Pastor and Sister Deeds very much. We're going to look at Jeremiah, the 18th chapter, in the third verse. It says this, Then I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he wrought a work on the wheel. How many are thankful for the nail-scarred hands that hold you together? Why don't we give God thanks right now for what he has done in this house and for what he's going to do? Oh, hallelujah. Feel a touch of God walking in this house right now. Thank you, Jesus. I bless you tonight, God. We as a corporate body are offering ourselves to you. We're letting you know that, God, you can have your way in this house. Touch every heart. Touch every mind. Touch every soul. Would you use us, God? Oh, pray that right now. We surrender to you, Jesus. We bless your name today, God. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. 
Lord bless you. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord this evening. I must admit that I am not very good when it comes to putting titles to the revelations and messages that God gives me. But I have and know of a man by the name of Brother Cornelius Williams who is. And so I borrowed one from him tonight. For your consideration, for the next few moments of time, we are going to consider the finisher and all of his frailties. Can experience the awesome power of the Almighty God and have in his mind what that experience felt like and how he would take, as it were, with pen, quill, ink, or Maybe even a paintbrush or even, as our scriptural text points out, a piece of clay. Begin to think about that experience that they had and begin to work. So that everybody from that point forward who views that piece of artwork can experience the same feeling that that artist had when they were there in that organic moment. One such man by the name of Gilbert Stewart was born December the 3rd, 1755 in Saunderstown, Rhode Island. Man by the name of Gilbert Stewart. He was known for a lot of things. One of those things is that he painted self-portraits. He painted over 1,000 of them. What makes him a man of notable notoriety is that the six, uh, the first six presidents of the United States of America chose him to paint their portraits. Yet in all of his notoriety and all of the influence in the art world and the finances that came to his hand, he left his family deeply indebted. And on his deathbed, he let them to know his wishes for burial. But his family, because of their financial situation, was unable to fulfill his wishes. And so they decided we're going to bury him in a plot. When they came to the place where the funds were available to fulfill his wishes, they could not remember where they're buried their dear father. Gilbert Stewart's life can be summed up in two words. Unfinished business. What a tragedy to pour your heart into a craft all of your life for everything that you work for to be wrapped up in two words unfinished business. When it came to the life of Jesus Christ, the apostle Paul said, 1 Timothy, the first chapter in the 15th verse, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. When it came to the mission and life of Christ Jesus, Every miracle that he performed, 
every work that he wrought, every heart that he touched, every deaf ear that he unstopped, every blinded eye that he opened, he had his mission on his mind. I didn't come just for this, but I came to finish the work that was put in my hands. Salvation. And it came down to one point where Jesus said in John, the fourth chapter, I must needs go through Samaria. And he sent his disciples to get something to eat. You put those words together, there is some type of force behind what he was about to do. I not only must go, but I must needs go through Samaria. When his disciples returned and offered him the meat that they had found in the marketplace, he said, brothers, I'm telling you, you don't even understand the meat that I am eating right now because my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish, to finish, to finish the work John 5 and 36, all of the, for the works which the Father hath given me to finish, to finish. And so while Jesus walked this earth for 33 and a half years, I'm just going to submit to you. He had one thing on his mind. I didn't come to make friends. I didn't come to influence people. But I came to finish the mission that was placed on my life. When it came down to the brass tacks, he came and he told his 12 closest friends that I'm going to suffer some things. And he said these words again, I must go unto Jerusalem. And the reason that I want to go is I'm going to suffer many things. And I'm looking beyond the suffering. And I, I think this is all going to work out. But if I can just get to this point. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go and, and one of his closest friends by uh, the 22nd verse, and he says, Lord, be it far from you, you can't do that. And Jesus turned around with a steely eyed look and looked at Peter and said, Get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense unto me. Thou savorest not the things that be of God, but those things that be of men. When it comes down to the purpose in your life and the purpose that God has given you, I'm just going to stop here and say, brother and sister, you better recognize who your friends are and you better recognize who your Satan is. All right, we'll put it in park here and talk a little while. Some of you have been hanging out with people that are trying to detract you from finishing the mission that God has placed in your life. And I'm here to challenge you like Jesus did to Peter. I want you with the steely eye to look around and look them nose to nose and eyeball to eyeball, toe to toe and say, get thee behind me, Satan. You're in a fit because the work and the plan and the calling of God in my life, I'm going to finish it. Oh. Boy, it takes a spiritual eye to recognize who your friends are. It takes a spiritual eye to recognize who your Satan is.
Well, hallelujah. Oh, clap your hands if you agree with that tonight. We touched on this on Sunday morning. But even Jesus' own will got in the way, and there came a point where he said, Ah, God, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. I'm here to tell you tonight that the biggest inhibitor to you finishing your God-given mission is not only your friends, but it's the man and the woman that you looked at in the mirror on the way to church this evening. Every once in a while, you got to say, look here, big boy, you ain't in charge. You may not feel like going to church on a Tuesday, but we're going to go to church. You grab yourself by the nape of the neck and say, I haven't come just to experience, but I have come to complete the mission that God has placed on my life. You go on, preacher. You go on, music teacher. You go on, Sunday school director. It's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. I'm going to finish. I'm going to finish. I'm going to finish. When it feels good, I'm going to finish. I'm going to finish. <laughs> the scripture just came to my mind. The race isn't given to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, but to him that endures. To him that endures. To him that endures. I'm going to finish. Somebody say that right now. I'm going to finish. Yeah, go on and chicken wing your neighbor. You know, that is the COVID handshake. The chicken wings say, I'm going to finish. Yeah, come on, say, I'm going to finish. Brother youth leader, I'm going to finish. Brother Sunday school director, I'm going to finish. Hallelujah. And that's why, praise God, I'm doing so good, I threw my hanky. Hold on. I got to, my glasses are going to stay up. I need to use that. Thank you, Brother Hammond. Amen, amen. And so when it comes to this life, the Lord bless you, you can be seated. We got a little journey, but trust me, it ain't going to take all night. Amen. We'll be out of here by 1130 at least. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so when it comes to the mission that God's put in my life, I look unto Jesus. He endured the cross, despising the shame. And when my friends say, I think there's an easier way, I've got one thing on my mind, I'm going to endure. When my family says, I think you could go to this church and have a different experience and maybe get away with doing what you're doing. I feel like preaching. Has anybody ever realized that your family didn't give a rip about what you did until you decided to go down in the water? They didn't care about you going out and drinking and drugging and carousing. But when you put on an apostolic Holy Ghost-filled outfit, you covered up your flesh, all of a sudden they're concerned. I rebuke that spirit because I've come to finish. I have come to complete the work that God has given me. Oh, clap your hands if you're going to cross the finish line. Jesus said, you're going to be hated of all men. Matthew 10 and 22, for my sake. But he that endureth to the end is going to be saved. Paul told his son Timothy, 2 Timothy 2 and 3, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier. You know what makes a good soldier? Yes, sir. 
<laughs> oh, yeah. You know what makes a good soldier? Yes, sir. Jesus, you want me to knock on this door today? Yes, sir. Jesus, you want me to talk to my mom about my church? Yes, sir. Are there any good soldiers in the house? I'm in the Lord's army. Oh, come on now. I'm in the Lord's army. Yeah, hallelujah. Oh, take, I, I felt just a little ripple going through the, 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 the hell, if I can put it that way. Can we say that again? Uh, I'm in the Lord's army. Take that devil. Uh, God pulled us out of the pit. He took us out of the miry clay and set our feet on the rock to stay. And we got two words on our heart. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So the beauty of Christ's life can be summed up in the last two words, rather three words, that is spoke while hanging on the cross. It is finished. Signifying that at that moment, all were now able to walk into their God-given mission and complete what the heavenly Father would ask them to do. And now with fullness I can approach the throne of grace and I might my creed, my nationality. He finished and so I'm gonna finish. Boy, this is good Tuesday night meet on your bones Bible study. I knew it was gonna be so good I said I'm gonna go back old fashioned and use the paper, hallelujah. <laughs> oh, my. And interwoven throughout the story of Jesus' mission, there was one by the name of Judas Iscariot who said, if you'll follow me because I know where Jesus is going to be. And he says, the one who I kiss on the cheek, that's the one you got to grab. And can you believe what Jesus had to say to Judas, wherefore art thou come? Sometimes in the natural, your friends look like your Satans. And your Satans look like your friends. Do you want me to tell you the line of demarcation? Who's pushing you to fulfill the purpose that God has placed on your life. That's how you know if it's a friend or a Satan. I got to ask you tonight. I keep getting sidetracked. Now you tell me who's your friend and who's your Satan. Who's the person that wants you to be all you can be in the kingdom of God? <laughs> Who's the person that says, brother, you want to go on a three-day fast? I'll go on there with you because we're both going to say, yeah, oh, that's your friend. That's your friend. That's your friend. Another lesson we can learn from this is that at any moment, even up until the last, Judas could have said, cancel. I'm not doing this. But there was something in Judas's heart 
that was not malleable. That refused to be broken when he looked into the hands, to the eyes of his creator. And so the story ends so tragically. He takes that money, throws it down in the Sanhedrin, runs out and finds himself a tree, and his bowels burst asunder. We read of that man that was called Satan, that somewhere found a place of repentance. I don't know where you are if you're a Peter or a Judas tonight, but I'm telling you, there's hope all the way to the I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Let's lift our hands and tell the Lord, yes. Hallelujah, hallelujah. 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 Praise the name of Jesus. And Matthew, the 27th chapter, picks up the story. And it says, the ninth and 10th verse, then was fulfilled. That was fulfilled. That was spoken by the prophet Jeremy. They took the 30 pieces of silver, the price of him that was valued, whom they of the children of Israel did value, and they gave them for a potter's field. In our scriptural text. The word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah, saying, Arise and go to the potter's house, and I'm going to cause you to hear my word. And he went down to the potter's house, and he saw a vessel that was being shaped and The problem was there was a marred spot in that vessel, and the potter was working so hard to remove it, to get it out. And the Lord says, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter? And I can't help it but tonight to say, will you allow him? To work on you. In this clay, if tradition teaches off, if it was unable and unwitting and unwilling to be worked on, that it would be cast out into the place of unfinished work and turned over to the elements. That's where Judas found himself in the place of unfinished work. Second Timothy 2 and 20 tells us, but in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor, if a man will purge himself. 
he shall be a vessel unto honor and sanctified to meet the master's use. Are you a Peter or a Judas? I'm telling you the answer to your question is, are you willing to stay on the wheel? And so when we said, I'm going to finish what God asked me to do, and I'm going to finish the mission that God gave me, the answer really is, I'm going to stay right here. I'm marking myself at a spot in this altar, in this church, in this pew, because I am committed all the way unto the end. Work on me, Jesus. Spin me around one more time. I want to be used. I want to be used. I want to be a vessel of honor unto you. Oh, let's wait on the Lord right now as the musicians come. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so the defining piece of Gilbert Stewart's life is one that we look at every day. And it's called the Athenaeum Portrait. It's the portrait on a dollar bill. When you look at the dollar bill, you only see this portion of George Washington. But if you were to zoom out onto the full canvas, you would see that, that he did not finish that piece of art. On April 12, 1945, Elizabeth Shamatoff was painting Franklin Delano Roosevelt when he became uncomfortable. He fell over and he passed away. And that painting hangs in a prominent place in Washington, D.C. to remind us. Stand to us that we are going to die in the hands of the potter. <laughs> and so now as the music begins to play, I can say it in a different way. Looking unto Jesus. The author and the finisher. Everybody knows about the Alpha and the Omega. Everybody knows about the beginning and the ending. Everybody knows about the author. But I want to ask you. Are you willing to endure? And the crazy thing about the finisher is that he is almighty, but he's not really almighty until you trust him. Fully, 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 fully. You brought me to this wheel, God, and I don't understand it. I get the feeling tonight that there are some that are struggling, identifying who your Peter's, who your Satan, 
who your Judas is. And you fill the pool to a life of ease and comfort. But can I point you out one more time to two nail-scarred hands and an all-seeing eye that's gently working, gently shaping, and gently molding you. And his handprints are all over you. The best thing you can do is to surrender and yield and say, Jesus, because you finished when it was painful, because you finished when you were forsaken by everyone, I'm willing to walk with you and I submit my life to you. This Tuesday night around this altar, the finisher is inviting you to his table and to his wheel. And he wants you to know that I'll keep my eyes on you and I'll keep my hands on you. But all I want is your willingness to submit. I surrender all to you. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's the moment that I got up on the wheel and I said, Finish the work. I don't regret it. Did you lose your father? Yes, I lost my father. But I gained a relationship with my Heavenly Father. You asked my wife, did you lose some friends? There was a time when we only had each other. But it was worth it. You hear me? It was worth it. There was a time when we were back to back, fighting every devil of hell. But it was worth it because the potter is making me and making our family. He wants to make you 